Hello, welcome to episode number 282 of the Applog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. Amazon shoppers. Do you shop on Amazon? Yes, you do. Well, you can help me out. Shop on Amazon. Use this link. These links, actually. www.appalog.ca slash Amazon or appalog.ca slash US Amazon. You can also go to appalog.ca to click on those links located on the right side. Locate your country, whether you're from Canada, the United States, or America. Bookmark those links, and every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show. It costs you no extra money. You can support my work by going to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. My, my computer's blowing up right now. Go buy a t-shirt, appalog.ca slash shop. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars, please, on iTunes. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. You might get a follow back. Mr. Murray Houndog Haywood is the one of the original members of the band UIC. UIC is a band based out of Exeter, Ontario, close, kind of more close to Windsor than in it, or Detroit than it is to Toronto. They just put a new record out on like 90 records called FM Hill. You'll learn the story about how that record became that name. It's released is October 19th, so go pick it up. It's really, really good to, to meet new people. I love doing that. It's really cool. What can I say? It's, it's, uh, it's nice meeting somebody who has put so many years into his band and has a good look at it and understands what music is all about. I really enjoyed this. actually really enjoyed this conversation with Murray, and uh, I hope you do too. So here he is, Murray Houndog Haywood, the drummer of UIC on the Apollog Podcast. Let's get started. How are you? All right. I'm good. <laughs> you sound great. I'm good. Yeah. 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 Got a good mic. Good good sound quality. Good internet. I think we're going to have fun. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I do I do quite a bit of uh, internet stuff for work and everything. So this headset uh, gives good, good sound quality. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about UIC. Are you, you're original. You're old. OG. I am. I am an original guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How many original originals are there left? There's three out of five. Yeah. 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 That's. Uh, let me just turn you down. That's. Uh, that's a long time to be in a band. It is. I mean, and, and it's been sort of uh, off again, on again. You know, uh, we've done other things and went off, and I left in the '90s and went off and. Uh, did some other stuff. Uh, me and the other guitar player who passed away just last year, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, we left and formed a band called Positively Stompin'. 
and uh, signed a deal with uh, Polygram Records and put out a record and did that for a while. And then uh, I came back and we, the UIC guys and, a, and another guitar player formed a band called The Chickens. So we've always kind of played together, but, uh, you know, uh, UIC was in and out. Uh, but we've stayed friends and kept playing together all these years. Yeah, like so. What was it? Seventy nine. When when were you guys first? What what year was it? Actually, we started in eighty two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we started in eighty two, and uh, and then moved to Toronto in eighty four. Yeah. And and prior to that, we were in a small our small little southwestern Ontario town of Exeter, Ontario. Uh, and, uh, that's, we all grew up together and played hockey together, went to school together and party together and did all that stuff yeah. as teenagers. We were just your typical Southwest Ontario, small town board kids. Yeah. yeah. Throwing eggs at cars. <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. And we, and then we, you know. We, we, I played, started playing drums when I was really young, and then I quit playing drums. And then the guys started picking up guitars and learning bar chords, and then they begged me to start playing drums. And here we are, forty years later or so. Forty something <laughs> years, yeah, thirty-six years, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I think how long, you know, how long people do it for, and it's definitely for the love and not the money. And it's always been that way oh. with punk rock and. You know, and, you know, there's always like there's a time when the music becomes in sync with the people, the people like it, then the people don't like it. You've seen a few of that, I bet, a few of the waves. Yeah. And, and you know, we've we've uh, we've rode a few waves where I felt like we got really close to to uh, kind of breaking out a little bit. And then then, you know, it wouldn't happen and frustration would set in and then. It was funny, and when we left, and me and Ted, uh, the one guitar player, left in 1990 because we had been working really hard. I mean, USC worked really hard back then. Mm -hmm. We gigged all the time and practiced our faces off and just wrote, and, and it just, just, you know, things were just getting frustrating. And so we left and formed another band, and then, uh, you know, and then UIC sort of carried on for a few more years after me and Ted left with some different members. And and then, you know, they split up and then grunge kind of hit right after we kind of packed it in. And we would have kind of fit into that mold a little bit, you know. Yeah. We certainly were pre-grunge. But uh, I think we – I think you can hear – it's funny. I, I was listening to some uh, some guy, a guy, John Westhaver from uh, from Ottawa, owns a, a, a bird man's – a bird – Heck's his name? Bird, Birdman Sound. It's a record store. Yeah, 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 yeah. Birdland. Yeah, Birdland. Bird, Birdland. Birdman. Something like that. Yeah. But John's a John. John is was a fan of UIC, and he recorded a show, and he he, he sent us the uh, live recording of it from a club we did a show in Ottawa, and it was amazing the evolution where UIC was going at that time musically, and how it was it was just really starting to kind of pre-grunge out you know we were yeah. writing differently and stuff and so it was kind of cool to see that evolution and then we went our separate ways and and uh yeah and but we we're back <laughs> we're back and we're having fun again you know well i heard i have i have the record here and it's it's so raw it's amazing like the guitar sounds whoever recorded it kudos because it is phenomenally recorded it captures something that um, not a lot of music can 
Oh, and a lot of bands can sort of push out, you know, a lot of attitude. Well, Jeremy Darby is the guy who, who recorded it. We did it at Canterbury Sound in Toronto. And Jerry is a, I mean, you don't get any more seasoned than that guy. He's worked with all the greats like Bowie and Lou Reed. And he's just been around forever. Uh, he worked on Saturday Night Live for years, and and so he's been around, man. And he just, we just went there. We had a f- ball with him, and we just wanted to make a raw rock and roll record, and uh, he captured it. We it was pretty live off the floor, really, and that's kind of what we wanted. It wasn't a lot of overdubbing. It was pretty much performance off the floor and capture everything. And we wanted uh, we're a live band. I mean, we're mm-hmm. not we're not studio guys. We're a live band, and it's got to work that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine because, well, it all just flows together nicely and uh, it's a, it's really good. I want to play some of it if that's okay. I know it's not out yet. It's out. Yes, like, it's coming out in the I 19th, know, I think. Yeah, yeah, the 19th, I believe. Yeah. What's and the, we just found. So we just found out. We just found out today that our our live stream show has been postponed because of the whole COVID thing, and now we were supposed to be on twenty fourth that we were doing the live stream for the horseshoe, and now it's been for, being pushed to November twenty first. Wow. Uh, that's the new date because uh, the horseshoe has to close for twenty eight days on Doug Ford's orders. So, well, uh, it kind of makes sense, you know. After what's it been, does, what's happening, it sucks. I had a, I had. A, I had um, who was on there on. Uh, oh, my brain is not working. Just be just as COVID hit in March, I had. Uh, oh fuck! Uh, never mind. Ignore me. I'm on, I'm on a tangent. But I I, sp- I spoke to like it was like it was it. They, everybody everything was done. It was in March, and uh, real Mackenzie's. Jesus Christ! Okay, I don't know why that took me so long. But I'm spe- <laughs> I'm speaking to Paul, and they're in Edmonton on the first date of their tour, and he's like, "That's it." we're screwed. We're going home. I don't know if I can pay my mortgage. Like it's like really dire. You know, he quit jobs to do things. You think at, at the age of real McKenzie's been, he's gotta be 60, you know, and just doing it for punk rock and then having to go home. And, but they did something in Edmonton. They did a live stream and that's kind of where we're going now. Right? Like that's, it, it seems to be, I mean, we did a show here, about a month and a half ago, we did the uh, Toronto shines, uh, the we did we played at the drive-in down at the uh, uh, Ontario place, and that was a different experience. Yeah, you know, we played. Uh, uh, it was great. I mean, the sound was fantastic. The stage sound was great. We played live, and they showed it up on the big screen, and everybody sat in their cars and beep, beep, beep. And they beeped their horns and flashed their lights, and yeah. and it was it was very strange, but uniquely cool at the same time. And and uh, it maybe you know until we can get back to some form of normal normal whatever that's going to look like in the club world uh it's better than nothing right it's, it's yeah yeah i, I said it a hundred times everybody's a compromise they're like we're compromising everything everything's getting compromised either which, yes. which directions you walk down the aisles um the rules of how you interact with people no more handshakes everybody everything's a big compromise and the and my fear is, is once we're allowed to actually embrace in a hug it could just be bad everything's just going to be bad it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because now when I go out, you know, for the longest time, it was like, ah, shit, I forgot my mask, you know, yeah. and I had to go. Get, you know, but now it's kind of like second nature when you're going out. Oh, do I have my mask? It's like, you know, it, it becomes second nature that you, you grab all these new things that you were never part of your life before. And yeah. now they're part of your life. You yeah. Know? 
there's the uh, there's the after lunch lunch mask, you know, because if you have lunch and then eat, put your mask on and then go home from work, it, that mask just smells like your lunch. So you need another mask to su- right. to supplement the the yeah. not smell part. So it doesn't smell like garlic and onions. <laughs> yeah. Lunch, it's disgusting. Um, I had a meeting with my boss today, and we're drinking coffee and about to go down to have a meeting with these other people. And I put my mask on, and all I smell is coffee. And my boss immediately goes, "Do you want some gum?" I'm like, "Yeah." How did you know? How did you know? It, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's insane, man. But you know, it is it is a trial, and and you know, there's been interesting advancing on things like digitally and how music is offered to people, and people are inventing new ways. Like we're a pretty awesome species, right? Like we can we can figure it out. Like you know, we got men on the moon. We figured out how to get them back, and we can get through this. It's nothing. Yeah, well, well you know, well, we'll come out the other end, and it's just it's weird, you know. We we sort of uh, plant start planning this record about a year and a half ago or something, and and then we you know we had written a bunch of new songs, and and we picking out songs that weren't necessarily new. That there's one of the songs in the album which is called "Honest Can't Survive." It's actually a song that I wrote. I'm going to say 1983 um, that I, that I wrote that song. And, and um, so it's on the album now. It never made it on a record before. I have it here. Oh yeah. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Let's hear it. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we were just talking about FM Hill, the, the title track, six minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that goes against every kind of punk rock sort of, <laughs> uh, credo, but, uh, yeah, we, it just turned out that way. You know, it just turned out six minutes long because we felt we needed that much time to tell the story. 
Yeah. And it's actually a pretty good story. What is it? Tell me. Well, see, we grew up in Exeter, Ontario, which is about an hour and a half from Detroit. So we were actually closer to D Detroit than we were Toronto. So mm -hmm. when we were teenagers and stuff, we would go see concerts. We'd go to Detroit because it was only an hour and a half. Toronto was like two and a half, three hours yeah. away. And so we would go see bands in Detroit. And, and there was a place uh, in in Huron County uh, where we would go close to our, where we grew up that it was a high spot. And we would get Detroit radio oh. on, on on in the car. So we would tour out there and we'd go out there at night and, and foggy nights were really great. We'd get Detroit. And so that's where we really got introduced to like the Stooges and the MC5 and, and, and Detroit rock. And so um, we, so that song's really about that hill. Call uh, the chorus is on the hill. We found the music, Detroit City rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of the story behind that. That's very cool. I mean, you think I remember catching like just by accident where I grew up in the country, like something from Chicago, and because somehow radio with AM radio, it'll yeah. bounce off the stratosphere and come back down, and it's by pure chance. You'll yeah. catch like weird radio and. Yeah, and we, we recorded some of it, and it was like, some of it was like from another, it felt like it was from another continent. It was weird, like, and we, we put it on a record. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, so so we used to go back there on Friday and Saturday nights and see what we what radio we could shake up late at night, and, and that's when you'd hear the Stooges and stuff like that. So, so yeah, we were, we were heavily influenced by that sort of Detroit. Uh, uh, sound and and uh, just being close to that whole rock and roll thing. So uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. prevalent. It's pretty prevalent, you know, like to have that rawness, um, you know, obviously from that era. And that would be, I kind of find that to be like the first wave of real punk rock. You know what I mean? Like before Ramones, kind of before. Yes. You know, oh, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. We're talking about, you know, Iggy, you know, was recognized as the real pioneer yeah. uh, and the Stooges and stuff. They were, they were, and even the MC5, I mean, they, they weren't, people looked at them like they had eight eyes back then. Can you imagine the Stooges in 1969, how yeah. weird they would have been Yeah. Right, compared to everything else that was going on? Totally. <laughs> My friend introduced me to Raw Power years ago, and I was just like, and it was the reversioned of it. I think it came out in those, was it the late 90s? They yeah. Remastered it, and it was like, wow, what is this? And it was like, it took me that long to sort of understand, like, to get it, you know, and to know where it all came from. It was ferocious yeah. and, 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 and violent, yeah. but it was, it, was, it was so awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny how bands sort of in the 80s kind of took that. Like, you know, um, I don't know, Gigi Allen kind of tried to take rock and roll and make it dangerous again. I mean, for the better part, maybe even the misfits in a way. But but you think about how how kind of like where it really came from, where you probably could get shot and killed, you know, <laughs> or, or, or murdered or, or for, for, for having that type of, you know, you know, whatever. I mean, it could all happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Detroit was a pretty rough town back then too, uh, in in the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, you know? yeah. I used to go there in the late sort of mid nineties, and uh, St. Andrews Hall, like kind of thing like that. And every year you'd go there, there'd be buildings falling down, sort of, or being torn down around it. And and then they put a casino in, and this is like early two thousands. I'm like, holy shit! This I remember when it was like no streetlights. It was fucking scary. Where like. You know, you'd go to there's a little diner around the corner from St. Andrews Hall, and yeah. you'd sit there and drink coffee all night, and then go home. 
You know what I mean? That like for five yeah. hour five hour drive home. Well, it was so cool. About I'm going to say it was probably around 2003. We were in the chickens at the time. Yeah. We were touring on a couple of chickens records on the time, and we we actually it was during the NHL hockey strike, and Darren McCarty, the hockey player for the Detroit Red Wings, put together a band called Grinder. Mm. and and they put out a record and we actually put it out on our own label then and that we had and and we did a bunch of shows with grinder and they actually was a pretty good band and we ended up playing with them in detroit in in uh uh at, at some big hall downtown detroit and lo and behold uh ron ashton was there and playing in 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 one of the bands that was playing that night so that was an amazing thing for us to to be in detroit ron ashton's playing in a band we're playing on the bill we're in downtown detroit it was it was a highlight yeah 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 right you're like kind of an idol and yeah 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 and so leaving Exeter was as obviously it was an easy decision because all the rock and roll was in Toronto at that point. You couldn't move to America, but you probably no. would have if you had a choice, right? Or did you choose to stay? I mean, we're, I think we're pretty, we're, I mean, UIC has always been proud of our Canadian roots. And I think it shows up in a lot of our songs and stuff from, especially from years ago with, from the first records. But yeah, we're no, we, I don't think so. But Toronto was the obvious destination. It's funny when we moved to Toronto, I mean, we had never played a gig in Toronto. <laughs> we, we we had played around London and you know played like that, and then we just moved to Toronto on a whim. We said, "Let's go do this," and we we moved to Toronto and we got our a band house and uh, thirteen Grenadier Road. It become somewhat infamous in in the indie scene. Everybody who's everybody who was playing in the indie scene in the nineteen eighties partied at uh, thirteen Grenadier Road at some point. What was the major uh, intersection of that? What were about that would have been uh, uh, Roncesvalles and Dundas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Roncesvalles and College Dundas, where they kind of meet there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, off, just off of Sororan mm -hmm. uh, Ave. And and so we were right there. And, and uh, so we moved down there. And then we, you know, we got a Tuesday night at the Cabana Room. And then we got, you know, we started messing around. And then next thing you know, we were doing like Saturday nights at Lee's Palace. And we got up at a pretty good following in Toronto. And then we started branching out playing all over Ontario and then we went out west a couple times and so yeah we the move from Exeter to to Toronto was a must it had to happen uh and, and it was the obvious choice yeah and you know it's it's a tricky thing to I mean saying that now like do you think that's a thing now for bands or musicians do they need to move to this the big smoke like is this well, a I you know what? I, I think that now I don't know if there's an actual scene. Mm. There was kind of a scene back then where there was something going on every night and we would go out and see bands all the time and you were mingling, you're out partying, you were out doing it uh, a lot. And I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm, I, I'm a bit older now. I, I don't live in Toronto anymore. I live outside of the city. Still a couple of the guys live downtown. Mm -hmm. uh, we rehearse downtown and stuff, but I just don't know if there's the same scene down there that there used to be. So I think you can do it by, I don't think you have to be there anymore. Personally, yeah. not with social media and the internet. We didn't have any of that. Yeah. Right. We didn't have, I mean, we, we promoted shows literally putting posters up on, telephone poles and windows and yeah 
and and you know there was no social media when we toured it was all word about there you know there wasn't even email you know mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't even used then so yeah. it was a very grassroots way to tour and and uh we you know the bands today and i don't mean to say it's easy because mm -hmm. it's not but because there's a lot more bands doing it too but it was a grind back then but we loved it you know i i loved being in the van going somewhere yeah. you know it was it was fun yeah i came up around this in the sort of early 90s late 80s <laughs> and the same thing posters word of mouth touring opening for other bands and trying to make ne a name you know and for us we were sort of suburban kids so for us to go to the city was sort of an experience but people eventually moved down there but it took like 15 20 years for them to move you know a lot of people just stayed in pickering that's where we you know we came up and to leave Pickering was like, we just chose to go on tour and we didn't really try to make a name in Toronto because it's the same thing in the nineties. It was tough. It was really tough to get a gig, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really hard to be the big fish in the big pond. And it's really easy now to be big fish in a small pond. Well, it's true. I mean, I mean, when we go back home now, I mean, uh, obviously still, even to this day, I guess we're the, the biggest band to ever come out of Exeter, Ontario. There's our claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's probably true. Oh, hey, Watch, hey. Right now, somebody's listening from like, uh, I don't know, some band that, you know, from the, no way, that's not fair. It's not true. Well, they can take that up with me. That's fine. Yeah. The unsharpened <laughs> knives. No, we were we were the band. That, really? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a funny thing. I I love that. Like the hometown pride. Because I we I worked for a country band a couple of years ago, and we'd go to these little towns to play shows, like these little festivals, and it was always like this hometown proud pride. Like we're the biggest town to have like five tractors or something. There would be some weird like. Claim to fame. Well, statistic. here, do you know what Exeter is? This? Well, it is. You know what Exeter? Nope. Exeter is the white squirrel capital of the world. We have white squirrels, and that's where they come from. So there you go. There's a picture of the white squirrel when you come in. It's yeah. a big deal, man. They're intrusive, though, aren't they? They come and eat, <laughs> keep, eat all yeah, the other squirrels. A little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny because every town has it. Every Absolutely. Time. We were in uh, Grand Prairie, and Grand Prairie is the largest city in Edmonton. Or sorry, in Alberta, the largest city. I'm like, wouldn't Alberta or wouldn't Calgary be the largest city? Like, how about Edmonton? No, well, on this side of whatever this in the up in this area, we're the largest city. I'm like, well, stretching, stretching. Yeah, just a well, stretch. and then, I mean, and if you go little north of Exeter, there's a little town called Hensel, and it's the white bean capital of Canada. <laughs> you know, everybody has to. You have yeah. to have something, right? Oh, I, I'm in a town called Oxbridge, and we're the trail capital of Canada. There you so go. So it's like. Well, <laughs> But I live in I live in Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no I live way. In, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I live in Curtis, and and it's the most nondescript place ever. <laughs> it's like people don't know. Well, is that Oshawa? Well, yeah. no, it's a yeah. different place. Was well, it Bowmanville? No, 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 not really. No, it, it's it's in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. There's there's no downtown. It's just <laughs> houses here, and they yeah. call it Curtis. Curtis. Well, I mean, you got to figure out what the what the hometown pride is for for Curtis. I know that we're the trail capital, but I like. Listen, I've been to Jasper. I've been to Banff. They got some kick-ass trails there, man. Like, I'm sure we're not 
the actual <laughs> trail capital of Canada. Well, how do you like this? When they, I think they've changed it in some places, but the sign coming in Oshawa for years, I don't, I'm sure you saw it, said, Oshawa, prepare to be amazed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, guys. That's a bit of an oversell. What, right? well, it was like 30 years ago too, right? And now it's like, we're, we're trying. We're, we're, we're doing our best. <laughs> we still have King and Simcoe. That's the problem yeah, with, with yeah. Oshawa right well, now. Well, it was funny because somebody photoshopped it and put it up and it said, Oshawa, she's dirty, but she's home. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true, too. That is true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you have roots in in that area or is it? Well, no, I my wife, my wife was born and raised in Oshawa. And I actually I don't know if you ever remember or heard about the star clubs. Mike Star. Mike Star. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The record store and everything. Yeah, and that's how UIC got back together. Was we played when Mike died? We played a tribute oh, show, amazing to Mike in at the Legion in Oshawa on Sipco Street, and we we got back together to do that because Mike was a good friend of ours. We played at the uh, Star Club a lot, and I met my wife at a Star Club. Oh my gosh, uh, that's, that's and, amazing. yeah in the late eighties and, uh, and she's from Oshawa, and so when when I moved out of Toronto. Uh, it made sense to move to Oshawa because it was cheaper to live in Oshawa than it was to live in Toronto. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the first show I ever mixed as like a freelance sound guy was the Flesh Tones with Mike Starr promoting. And oh, I was, right on. I was at the Legion too, I think, the, the Oshawa Legion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and that was like this crazy thing. And, and it was a sound company and based out of Pickering called Apex Sound and Light. Like they're I remember them. Massive yeah. now. Yeah. And, 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 this, and he sent me out with a 12-channel mixing board that was already powered. So I had to just plug speakers in. It was yeah, like yeah. the smallest little PA system ever. And I remember meeting the Flash Tones. And they're just like these cool dudes. Like, eh, like speakers are really small. I'm sorry. It's just for vocals. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? It's a show. <laughs> You know. Well, and, and actually that night we played this Mike Star tribute. Uh, Peter Zaremba and them guys played their same show. Oh, they the, the Flesh Tone guys were there to when we got back together to do the Mike Star tribute because yeah. obviously uh, you know Mike was a, a, a you know a huge supporter of underground music. He brought the Ramones to Oshawa. Like yeah, like, like, I mean, fuck, can't even, an animal. Yeah, like wouldn't they? There's actually isn't there like somewhere. Someone documented them doing a sound check around the corner on that, whatever that club was on, Athol Street? Um, yeah, it was actually on uh, the Orange Hall. The Orange Hall. And then they walked. Oh, no, you're talking about, oh, no, you're talking about Illusions. Allu- um, yeah, whatever that place was called. Ah, uh, uh, crap. I played there a few times. Yeah. We actually positively stomp and opened for Johnny Paycheck. Oh, at, uh, yeah, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, I know I'm trying yeah. to purple onion purple onion that's exactly onion. yeah and yeah. they there's a pictures a guy took pictures of them walking yeah. walking to uh, star records uh, a good friend of mine will actually works at cops will, will McGirt? yeah 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 he's okay. an old I friend of will. mine from the nine from the 80s and 90s absolutely yeah I know will yeah good man have you been to cops I guess if you're in Oshawa well uh, Curtis you you'd go yeah. to cops right by records uh yes I've been there absolutely they got a little cool venue up in, upstairs there, too. I don't know if you saw yes, it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow, yeah. small world. There you go. It is. Very small <laughs> world. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of ask this question a lot, but, I mean, tell me, I, guess, I would assume that music has changed for you the age you are now than the age you were 20. And what's the good and the bad of it? Well, you know what? I mean, 
then it was, you know, it was, it was life, you know, like yeah. we lived and breathed it. We lived together. We played together. We toured together. It was everything then. Right. And, and, and our whole lives revolved around the band and, and, and doing gigs and rehearsing and living together and traveling together. And me and Fred, the guitar player, who's also originally, we actually worked together. We had a own, own little painting company that we used to paint houses and stuff in, in Toronto to survive. And, and so we spent a lot of time. And so everything was about you. I see back then everything was about the band and and now I mean obviously everybody has uh, other stuff going on we got families and, and my, I mean my kids are now growing up and or lit I put the quotation mark uh, they're all they're all growing up and 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 I got grandkids and and so yeah life's different and the you know music is still really important to us in a sense that you know I think I think when you're an artist and you write songs and you do all this stuff, it, it's, you know, it's kind of a must have for you to, to have that outlet. So we still, we still really enjoy doing it, getting together and making noise and having fun. But obviously back then it was everything. And now it's a nice to have, and we want to do well and we want people to hear our music and do that. But it, it, it certainly takes on a different thing. Right. And especially yeah. now, because we're not, we're not trying to grind it out and and see if we can make a living at it. We pretty much know we can't. Yeah. <laughs> and so you 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 uh, you take what you can, and we we don't want to, you know, we don't want to play a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we certainly probably should play more than we do, but um, uh, I think maybe we'll with we'll support this record, we'll go out and do some some other shows, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still important to us, but it's not the same right it can't be when you know well, it shouldn't be either no. i mean you should no. you know when when people are 25 years old they're selfish pricks we all are <laughs> we all were the the difference is the people that they who grow up and learn and understand that there's more to life than just sleeping on couches and freeloading off buddies and having their girlfriends pay for the mortgage and the rent <laughs> you I, nailed it i uh, I speak from all experience. The, all the, all the full-time musicians I know, their girlfriends have really good yeah. jobs and they're living hand to mouth. Yeah. And I, you know, at some point I went, you know, I it was funny. I was down in, in New Orleans a couple of years ago and friends of mine were bugging me to sit down and jam with this band. So I got up and played a few songs with the band and they were just like a blues sort of swing band. And, and so we, I jammed with them and then afterwards they took a little break and I was shooting the shit with them and stuff. And they go, so do you do this full time? I said, no, 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 I don't do this full time. I said, why not? I said, cause I want to have stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like beds. I like uh, bathrooms. I like my own bathroom. Uh, yes, you know, yeah. I, I, I that was my explanation. I just want to have some stuff, you know. Yeah. My a friend of mine's um, years ago had a band, and and their girlfriends all had a band, and they called the girlfriends all called themselves the providers because <laughs> they're the ones they were the ones with the jobs that paid all the rents. Yeah. And, That's and, awesome. Yeah, it was a great name for a band, all girl band <laughs> called the providers, and. <laughs> You know, there is a time in life when you start understanding, you know, especially when you have kids and things, you think, well, wait a minute, hold on. It's not just about me and my ego anymore. It's about yeah, putting back in because we always took out 
It's funny you called UIC because <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's pretty befitting. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, know. it's funny because back like in when when I left UIC and 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 we started up Positively Stomping and we recorded an album that did did fairly well and we were really playing all over the place and but I you know because I had a mortgage and kids and stuff, I always had to have supplemental income. I couldn't make a living really of doing course. it. Yeah. Not, so I, I had my own painting company. So I would, you know, we did a series of dates with Blue Rodeo on their Lost Together tour. We opened for them. And, you know, I would do a one-nighter in Belleville. And, 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 you know, we had a motor home that we sort of toured in. And then I would drive, we would drive from, we were, uh, Positively was operating out of London at the time. And we would, drive from after the gig drive back from belleville to to uh, london i would get out of the motorhome hop in my car and go to work yeah. you know and grab a couple hours and your body i mean to, i could not do that now no, i would die i would die i i would you know it would take me a week to recuperate yeah then i then i was able to just bounce back go to work and get a couple and we used to go out and do like three nighters and 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 go to work the next day and go back and do another night and go to work the next day and then go you know we used to do that stuff and i think you were wired for it i mean i was in my 30s then that by that time my uh, early 30s and late maybe 30 mm -hmm. and your body but once you get north of 45 Things yeah. change. Things yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to a friend of mine uh, who plays in that band of descendants and he said something, you know what? There's something when you're 50, you don't want to be sleeping on the floor or on other people's couches. You just need to be comfortable and, and enjoy, enjoy what you got and whatever capacity that is, you know, like, so I, I, I love the fact that, you know, I, I feel that when I sort of got a little bit out of music that I was sort of quitting a little bit, but starting this show, starting to talk to people who sort of all had that same kind of like epiphany in life, like, you know what? I don't want to fucking be on the dole. I, I don't want to like be a loser. I want to, I want to give. And we've been taking our whole lives. Why can't we give, you know? And that's, that's one of those moments where a lot of people sort of get to that moment and they realize like, well, we're all not going to be Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi probably hates being Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, right? I would think he does yeah, probably, you know? And, and so all of that, put that together and sort of prioritize and get older and understand where your priorities lie. I feel that I love music even more than I did when I was in my twenties because I can appreciate it because I don't need to fucking make a buck out of it. You know? Right. Right. Well, I exactly, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, every show that we do now is an event and it's, I'm not worried about everything, you know, I'm not worried about, uh, cause I was, I kind of used to, worry about everything about the money and the how many people are going to show up and 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 did this get in the press and that used to drive me crazy and now it's like Meh. yeah you know let's go out and play our faces off and those who get it will get it and those who don't will not and yes. and let's just do it and have fun and yeah yeah i i'm, I'm with you do you want to hear a song let's let's what sure do you, what do you want to do which song do you want to do i got the whole thing here um, I'll, I don't know. What do you want to play? Our first single just came out today, which was kind of cool. And a new video came out today, which, which was also very cool. Which one is that? Uh, Superstar, the very first song on the album. Oh, I but see.
Charles ripping crazy boogaloo. You're trying to shine, trying to let it go. Rock and roll, man. Yeah, it's just a great. rock and roll song, man. It's great. We need more of that. We need more. I think we're turning a corner with music, man. I really do. I think live music and music that sounds live is it's what we're doing. It's what's got to happen. We're it's very premeditated and prefabbed these days. I and and that's what's missing for me when I hear. I lo- I I think that the you know we tr- you try to be as tight as possible, but. I'm all right with a little bit of uh, rawness in there when it's not perfect. You know, let it happen. I mean, it, you know, some of the music that I hear sometimes is just so homogenized now that everybody wants everything to be so perfect and click-tracked and all that stuff. And and I'm like, let's just rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you're going to uh, hopefully, yeah, you're moving the show. That's a bummer because I was not. Can they just stream it and and have you guys well, in there? And- well, that's what I thought. Like I, I was kind of surprised, but I think they actually physically have to close the bar. The way I understand it, I don't have the the. Uh, I literally found out about this an hour before this interview. Right, right. Uh, and then we've been, we've been I've been back and forth in emails and everything trying to find a new date and so we finally found the 21st of November so they they just had to, and all the you know it was being done through Eventbrite so Eventbrite has sent out all the the notices yeah, to all the people that bought tickets yeah. and 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 now we're going to reannounce uh, the 21st so it is what it is you know uh the horse you got a hold of us has said sorry man but we got to pull the plug and move the date yeah. so, so you know, uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's your nine to five these days? What do you, what do you, I actually, I work for, uh, I, I work for Sherwin Williams mm-hmm. and I, I manage, uh, a division of Sherwin Williams, uh, for North America. Paint. So paint, right? Paint coatings. Yeah. I'm on yeah. the industrial side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I manage the wastewater, water and wastewater division for Sherwin Williams for North America. That's like a, that's a real job. It's pretty much a real job. Yeah. It's pretty much a real job. It'd be funny if you said, "Well, I work at I work uh, sometimes I serve over at Perkins and sometimes I serve over at uh, Hooters." You know, like yeah, that, that that's that's a real career. That's a move. It's funny yeah. how paint kind of stayed in your life from having well, your own I, business, right? I was actually born into a paint family, so I've been wow. in the paint business my entire life. That's so. incredible. That is I cool. Thought. Well, what was cool about painting, and you find out a lot of musicians are painters, and mm-hmm. here's why. Because painting can be a very transient job. Yeah. So I, I back in the 80s, we would go out and tour a bit, and then I'd come back, and I'd, I'd, I'd Pick up you work. know. 
And they'd say, you know, I had three or four guys I'd work for, uh, or we'd do our own thing, or I had three or four guys that I would sell out. I'd phone up and say, hey, I'm back. And they'd say, great, show up here Monday. Because if you're good at something, they'll always take you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So painting is very transient that way. And, and, and a, lot of, a lot of musicians are painters. Yeah. That's yeah. what I did with local, like being local crew. So I would just get work when I wasn't on tour. I'd get work like being like a local crew guy and uh, down in the amphitheater and stuff like that. And same thing that I could kind of stay close to the to the action. Right. Because <clears throat> when when back in the day when you got yourself a real job, you basically be retiring. You you couldn't you know, you're done, you know, in, in a sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, I have, you know, I have. Uh, um a whack of holidays that I can use if we decided to do something and go out for a few weeks or a month or something, I could make it happen. But I mean, I'm, I'm not too far away from packing it in and the work side of things. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe I'll be like Clive, you know, Clive. Oh, I do. I love that man. Anderson. He's my favorite uh, guy on earth. I, I love Clive. Cleve. Yeah, yeah. Cleve. Cleve yeah. Anderson now plays more rock and roll drums than anybody else. Like yeah. he plays every night yeah. and he, he kept the postman's gig and then he yeah. retired yeah. and now he's like a full-time musician with yeah. a pension. He was an early, <laughs> he was an early guest on this show, like almost six years ago. Isn't that right? Yeah. So he's yeah. like episode five or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Cleve's now a, a retired, he's a full-time musician with a postman's pension. Yeah. The best, that's the best gig, man. Yeah. Did you ever do a Sid's kids thing that he, you remember the Sid's kids? I do remember that. I never did it. That was Marcel that I was talking about before. Okay. And John Sutton, who I used to, I, he was my roommate in Winnipeg for a while. Um, okay. He, he joined that band the week. He was in the band, the weaker thans. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That was such a great night at the painted lady. Where you just go and you sing punk rock songs and yeah, I had a lady no, got I, mad at me because I did I did her song. Who oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did telephone, which maybe men shouldn't do the telephone song. I did telephone. <laughs> She's like, "That's my song." I'm like, "I'm sorry." Like Jesus Christ, I'm new. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> she she so she had to pick a different song. She had to pick a second <laughs> a different song. And you, we used to go to Cleve's house to to practice it. Like he'd like come by around three o'clock or whatever time. And you go to his basement. You know how he's like he's short, right? Yeah, yeah. But his basement is is like he's perfectly sized, like because his basement's the ceiling so low. So <laughs> I'd go in, and I'm not very tall, and I'd fucking bang my head off everything. And Cleve would walk around with no problems, like no problems. <laughs> Sit there, play drums, left handed. Ah, such a great dude. That guy, yeah. yeah. And he was he, smart. He was smart because you think about Blue Rodeo and where they were going in that era. Um, they I know. needed to do what they did when they did uh, that uh, casino. That was it, right? Like he couldn't, yeah. he didn't want to do it. And they were moving off to other things. They wanted to make it in America, kind of thing. And he, it was perfect timing. He had he left his job. He, yeah, he was playing three times a week when I talked to him, like back before all this shit was going on. But yeah, I'm sure. I, I know at the time when I heard that he left, I was thinking. Because I was right in the middle of it, thinking oh, I would love that opportunity, man. Yeah. I'd quit any job to do that, you know. Yeah. And I would have. I at that time, there was nothing would have kept me from doing something like that. Nothing. Yeah. I would. Like, you talk about a selfish bastard. That was me. <laughs> I, I, I would have quit anything to do that. Yeah. Um. And I remember thinking, he's nuts, man. He's nuts. And yeah. and now we're thinking back. I'm going, no, he was kind of clever, man. Smart move. <laughs> he knew it. Like he knew it. Because. 
obviously the music was it's really good they've consistently put out great music for an extra what another almost 30 years after that and uh he doesn't regret it a minute of it i asked him i'm like even when he shut the mics off like you do not regret leaving that band when they were destined for such greatness and he goes nope don't miss a day i'm like Amazing. That's a, hey man, you got to respect that. Yeah. If if you can, if you don't, whenever you can, and I don't, I'm the kind of the same way. I don't really have any regrets. Yeah. You know about the, what we did and 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 when I decided to stop chasing it as hard as I did at 35. I said if I if I'm not making a living at it by the time I'm 35, I said then I'm gonna it's gonna become secondary in my life and I'm gonna get a real job and 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 buy a house and do all the things that I feel like I should do and and I don't regret that you know yeah. and and I don't and we're still doing it we're still having fun we're still making music and and uh, you know uh, hopefully people with this new platforms and stuff, I'd love to be able to people for people that bought our record that were from Europe and Australia and Japan and stuff before uh, that they see it. And I would love to go do a tour of Europe and go do a tour of Japan and do a few shows here and there. Um, but if I did it now, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have to worry about it. The money, you know, yeah. what I mean? it, it, you know, I do. I, I, I totally understand it. I get it. You know, I, I toured Europe when I was in my thirties too. I did more tours in Europe with the band I put together in the early 2000s than if we played shows in Canada, you know, so I get it. You know what I mean? I get that fact because I understand where Europe sits in all of this. And it's it's a rock and roll area where they no holds barred. I mean, they still like the Scorpions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's let's put it. Let's call it what it is. I mean, like Germans are fucking awesome people. They love rock and roll. And, you know, and. It is a thing where you're right. When I did it when I was 30, I had a brand new baby. I'm like, what fucking idiot would do that? You know, and you know, and now I'm trying to do some other things and I have friends, really good friends in Europe and now I can just get on a plane. Well, not now, but I'll fly there and I don't need to like worry about loading in or playing to nobody or trying to pick up backline. I just go meet my friends and say, that's, that's my holiday. That's what I'll do. Yeah, exactly. It's important. So so maybe, maybe UIC will do that. And we'll just take a couple of weeks and go do, do a bunch of dates in Europe or something. That would be a lot of fun. I'll come with you. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I I know where all the good, I know where all the good food is. (laughs) You know, where all the, you know, where all the good floors are to sleep on. That's right. I do. I know all the great hostels. That's what I do. Cause that's the big thing you do. And and when you go to Europe now, that was us arrived. Like we're like, you know, there's two things. Like when you go to Europe, you either get the sprinter van. That's how you know you've, you've totally arrived. You have another guy to drive you. That's another key that you've totally arrived. And then the third one is that you're no longer staying at the band house. You're staying in a hostel. That those three things together. That's making it in Europe to me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I I really like I said I love the record. It's it's amazing, and uh, I will uh, mm-hmm. I will I will I will flog this as much as I can. It's well, great. I really appreciate the conversation. It was fun to come on and 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 talk and 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 uh, sort of jaw about it, and appreciate the support. Yeah, man. Um, we're having fun, and hopefully, people hear the record and come out and see us live whenever that that happens again. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, people will have a whole. We'll bust the internet on November twenty first, and we'll have lots of people come out and check us out at the Horseshoe live stream. Cool. I'll play one more song, and then we'll we'll round this up. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you.
That was Mr. Murray, Hound Dog Haywood of UIC, and his new band is, and his band is his new band, and his band is called UIC. You can go check out FM Hill. That's out on October 19th on Like 90 Records. What can I say? Life will get better. Please don't be negative on social media. Please understand and respect other people's wishes and needs. If someone wants to celebrate a, a religious or a not religious holiday or just, just enjoy things and share, don't get mad at them. Just 
just because they don't think like you doesn't make them doesn't make them the enemy. I had to cut someone out of my life on Facebook this week because I am fed up with the negativity. We have enough of it. I, I, I drive into work and I see people every day being negative. I, I read on Facebook and I see people being negative. And that, in fact, is negative. That's not good. Don't do that. Just be friendly. Be nice. I'm starting the campaign. Hashtag more pets, less politics. Let's keep that going. You know, if I see that hashtag, I will definitely, definitely uh, take a picture of my pet. Not put my politics in. More pets, less politics. Everybody. Um, what's happening? Busy. Everybody's busy. Busy right now, and I am starting something, an awesome project I can't talk to you about right now. But I'm very excited to eventually share this when it starts coming more into a realization, more of a vision. Right now, it's just a great idea. And, uh, i got to get started on it. I'm going to get started on it within a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, maybe I'll tell you more about it when I get started. But until then, it's the greatest tease of teases. Um, you know, if you know me on Facebook, give me a text and I'll, I'll let you know what I'm doing. But I, I don't want to boast about anything because I haven't started. I really haven't started yet. Okay, so next week, I'll see you then. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your life, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, enjoy your pets. More pets, less politics. Have a good one. Bye.